gives me much pleasure to say here we are again. Playersvoice.com, the Byron Mouton, Maryland Men's Basketball Show. I am your host, Mark Gray. And it brings me much pleasure to announce my co-host. What's good, Byron Mouton? Hey, what's going on, man? I'm excited to be back, man. In these circumstances, you know how, how I am with the Maryland Basketball Program. I love the way they playing. I love that they top five team, and I'm just excited and bring back that fire that we've been waiting for for about four or five years now. So no more up and down. They looking good. They only got one loss. Top five team. I'm excited. Yeah, awesome. And then yeah. our producer A1. How you doing, A1? What's up, man? Um, for the young people who might not be up on their Maryland history, why don't you let them know uh, who Byron Mouton is? Byron Mouton is <laughs> the captain. The captain, El Capitan, <laughs> of the 2002 Maryland Men's National Championship team. That's who Byron Mouton is. Played on two Final Four teams. He's the man who had the honor of guarding Drew Gooden, Mike Dunleavy, uh, who a Karam Butler, yeah. and then Jared Jeffries in the finals. Yeah. And uh, say what you want. I I think it's 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 uh, been called whether you know. Maybe not the highest score or the leader of any any of the categories, but the heart and soul is what the what Gary Williams, Juan, and Lonnie have all called you the heart and soul of our championship team. Well, you know, I, I you know I don't want to take all full credit about that, but uh, like I say, I just came in, did my job, loved what I I was doing, uh, had the pleasure to play with some great players, man, an incredible coach, Hall of Fame coach, man. It was an incredible experience. Uh, you know, like I say, you know, as a as a person, period, you never want to have no regrets. But maybe that's what built my character to go to Maryland. But, you know, I wish I had the opportunity to play at that level for four years instead of two. It was an amazing experience as life skills plus as being a college basketball player. No, that's absolutely the um the Maryland fan base loves you as loved you then, loves you now. <laughs> and uh, I mean, it's, it's great. You, you are everything that is right. With college basketball, no no doubt about that. For our fans who have been listening for the years, can you believe that we've been doing this now for seven years, Mouton? Wow. Wow. It's Time amazing. flies, right? Yeah, it does. You uh, know what I can tell you during those seven years? We've seen a lot of bad basketball. <laughs> yeah, we have. <laughs> it was moments. You know You know what's crazy about it? You know, we make our year up and down for the last seven years of beating the North Carolina, beating the Duke. Uh, you know, and that type of game and atmosphere would make the year instead of trying to get into the NCAA tournament, have an opportunity to compete for a national championship. It was it was crazy. And now we totally believe that we have an opportunity to do it. It's, it, it is great to have gone. Yeah, at, when yeah. we were in school, I was there <laughs> yeah. before you when you were in yeah. uh, Tulane, right? It was yeah. Tulane, yeah. right? Yeah. But I remember coming into Maryland, and the thing was is that we could never make it past the Sweet 16. Yeah. We made the tournament every year. That went yeah. without saying. Uh, we could just never make it past the Sweet 16, and that, and it, it was like we wore it like a like a like a stain, like ugh, this is just disgusting. <laughs> and yeah. then and then we got over that hump, Final Four, back to back Final Fours, National Championship, and then now we were, I was ready to be the elite, yeah, you yeah, know. And yeah. little did I know, I'll be yarning for the Sweet 16, you know, like <laughs> yeah. the next 10 years would just be just void of tournament, you know yeah. what I mean, and just. We had the one, uh, the one year with with Grievous, and then after that, we, you know, one year we missed the NIT, yeah. and um, you know it's kind of like you you take things for granted. And uh, I was ready to be in that that uh, Duke UNC culture of just every year, you know, find, uh, one seeds, and it didn't happen. And now after years of of down and um, you know new coaching change and new regime and all the way coming through, 
here we are. We find ourselves as number three as of today. I think it is number three in the poll. So I guess I'll start right there. Mouton, is this team – well, one, how did we get here? How did we get here? Well, I think my vision of how we got here is a lot of turnaround. I mean, turnover. Um, I'm thinking with the coaching staff um, um, and with the players. I think, you know, no disrespect to the players that initially was brought in, but me personally, I, I didn't think there was that high major D1 type players to win a national championship. You know, it was great players, but they wasn't that high D1 type of players. Plus, you got to bring a group, a group of guys that love playing with each other. I just seen a lot of running around, a lot of one on one basketball. And the last two years, when they brought in uh, Mellow, man, I think the whole culture changed. This guy's a pass first. Great leader, great teammate, and he get everybody excited to play just with his leadership on the court. It looked like he don't talk much, but he he definitely lead by example. He he is definitely, uh, you know, they talk about the Walt Williams and yeah, um, yeah. in terms of changing the program yeah, 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 and uh, yeah. certain players like that. And I think that when we look back on basketball, if if this carries on and springboards us forward to better years, I think Melo will be known as that. Yeah, as yeah. that uh program changing player that came in here and put us on the map. Um, following up with that is a guy by the name of Diamond Stone, who yeah. a top five, top ten consensus player who chose Maryland, which is not something that we've had in in the past. And um, we look at what he's doing now, and what do you see for Diamond Stone? Well, I, I see. You know, at first I was like, Mom, you know, maybe need a year or two to get it, and uh, you know fit in and you know know his role you know trying to figure out college basketball but man the first big t game was amazing you know 39 points man um um i mean merlin would not win that game if he wouldn't have had 39 <laughs> I, i'm not so sure we're gonna get two years of diamond stone yeah i'm not sure 39 point games i mean that, <laughs> that, that, you can't at six foot 11 yeah i, I, mean, I don't see why the mbu I'm, I'm assuming that even if he plays Obviously, he's not going to average thirty nine points for the season. <laughs> but if you're six foot eleven with his athletic ability, he's he's he has a little soft touch from yeah. the um yeah. around the basket, or whatever. Not, I don't see how after the season he's not automatic lottery pick, and I don't see why he would be coming back to school as a lottery pick. Well, you know, we time will tell. Uh, at these days, uh, the older you get, the less chance you got to be a pro. Exactly. <laughs> so you have to be a college player. If you're a elite player, you're a pro prospect. Max two years, you got to go. I mean, it is amazing how this whole uh, recruiting slash prospect uh, uh, situation is like, you know, if you're a senior in college basketball, you know, your draft status is like second round. It's amazing. You know, I, I can't get over that. It's a lot of drafting is going on potential and not actually the, the skill set and what they what you've done for me lately type players. It's all about potential now. All about potential. <laughs> it's one hundred percent about potential. Um, this team, as constructed, any any concerns that you see? Anything that that concerns you? Yes, uh, one major thing that concerns. But but before I say that, man, I, I just love the guard play. I mean, the addition of uh, who would have ever Suleiman. thought? That, right? Who would? That's what I was about to say. Who would have ever thought? A dookie would be getting cheered. He's yeah. he's he's, yeah. he's good. I yeah, I really yeah. like him, and yes, I think yes. I think what he feels, what we lost. My concern going into the season 
was Des Wells. Des yes, Wells yes. is a senior. His yep. leadership, yep. his yep. been there, his toughness, yep. his grit, his clutch gene, his big game moment. The guy to say, I've been here. Let's do this. I thought losing that was something, you know, as they always say, the intangibles, the it. That was Dez's thing, it. And I felt like losing that was going to be huge. And here we are. We get a transfer, all, albeit from from Duke. And I feel like he <laughs> steps in and, 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 and adds that senior leadership yep. that Dez wills, uh, you know, that void. And you not, take nothing away from Dez, but I feel like that void has been filled. Yeah. And you know what? You know what the crazy thing about it? As being a coach, as being a, uh, you know, a basketball player, Slash student of the game. The first game, a lot of people might not notice this, but the first game that Suleiman played, it was a play. And like I say, everybody can say what they want about Coach K, but his toolage, man, and his coaching and his preparation to the game is amazing because he definitely is a product of Duke basketball. And nothing against Gary Weaves. I love Gary Weaves, the best coach I ever seen, ever played for. But when I seen Suleiman, had the ball. I don't know what, I don't know what possession it was, but during the first game, the play was all out of control. It wasn't no structure. So Suleiman gets the ball. He start pointing to people, placing people in certain positions. Then he acts for a pick and roll. And then he comes off the pick and roll and suits a wide open three and nails it. And like, that's a student of the game. That's knowing basketball. That's senior leadership. And that's being under control. Every time he's out there, and Maryland needs that. Yeah, you you don't play three years under Coach K and not learn something. <laughs> yeah, you, you know what I mean. His and people always say like that how control. the Duke players don't produce good pros, but for some reason, you notice they all hang around the league for a very <laughs> yeah. long time, and that's yeah. because they know the game of exactly. basketball. Exactly. They might not be the most talented players, but they yeah. know the game of basketball, and that not in a long time will last you longer yeah. than than being the the uber talented. Uh, player, but to, to 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 pick up back what you were saying, yes, I think the backcourt of this team yes, is uh yeah. is amazing. Go ahead. What were you gonna say? Your concern was though. Yeah, yeah. The concern is that that you know to win like we had when I played was incredible post play by Lonnie Baxter, and I think in order to win and compete for a national championship, you have to have post presence. And I'm I'm afraid that uh we you had know a lot of post presence. It was Lonnie, Randall, Taj, exactly. Chris. A lot of big bodies. Exactly. That would not be afraid to put their back to the basket. And I don't see that. I see Carter does it a lot of times, but he's another player like to drift out. You know, even Stone, like the face up and shoot mid-range. And that's not a bad thing. But in order to win an average championship, you have to have half-court offense. You have to throw that ball down there and get a tough bucket when your perimeter players are not playing at that high level. Period. You no, got to throw it down there. I, I definitely agree. Another transfer – and also another um, older, experienced player is Carter, who yeah. I've actually been a pleasant surprise. Yeah, Very, yeah, I, I didn't yeah. come in with much expectation None. for for him, and he's I've been pleasantly surprised with him in his uh in his in his low post game. Like you said, he yeah. has tendency to drift outside, which I pretty much it's almost like the big man is dying in basketball <laughs> yeah. in terms of just staying down. The Lonnie Baxters of the world who just yeah. you know make no mistake about it, he's not trying to shoot a jumper; he just wants to be a bully on the block. Um, I, I, there's just not many of those players around no, no, anymore. No, no, um, but Carter was a great addition also. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think, you know, credit to coach Turgeon and his staff, man. I mean, you know, this whole recruiting class, these, these, these transfers, uh, these, these core players that he put together for this year basketball team is amazing. 
He has the he has every position filled to a high level. You know, you got your powerful, you got your center, you got your in-between players, you got your guards, you got your, you know, your clutch players, you got your leadership, and you got the the work ethic. Them guys play hard and they're having fun, man. The number one thing in order to win anything at any level, you got to have fun. You got to like your players. You got to respect your players. And you got to play extremely hard for your coaching. Those guys has all the ingredients to be a great team and at the end of the day to cut down those nets. You think this team is that good? They good. I mean, college basketball now, I mean, you know, I don't see one team. You know, I watched Oklahoma last night, man. Great they game. look good, man. They, even though they Great lost game. to go in uh, Kansas to force a, a, a triple, triple overtime, yeah. I mean, they are tough, man. And they, they got three guards that can create their own shot, and they got forwards down there that are just monsters, man. Look like for one six-minute stretch, man, everybody try to dunk on everybody. Right. You know, them them two teams going to be tough out. But at the same time, like, I don't see one, even, you know, like North Carolina, they were preseason number one. Even them, they got flaws. You know, so tournament play, you never know. It's all about being hot, and I don't see one sure favorite. Michigan State, you know, their best players down. You know, I don't know. They lost. So it's about six teams that have an opportunity to win a national championship. How long do you think what, – what are your thoughts on the whole Diamond Stone coming off the bench thing? To me, it kind of reminds me a lot of at the beginning of the second year when they were bringing Chris off the bench, and it, was, it seemed like Gary was trying to hold him back as long as he possibly could. And <laughs> yes, he did. You just there was no denying anymore yeah, that Chris yeah. was just, you know, arguably yeah. the best player on the team, you know yeah, what I mean, in yeah. terms of talent-wise. Yeah. And, you know, what are your thoughts about you, – did, did you see the same thing and feel the same sort of way about that? Well, I don't know because I've never been to a practice. You mm-hmm. know, I, I don't know the whole uh, uh, strategy behind that. But, but Taj Holden – had a decent year his freshman year. You know, he mm-hmm. had a decent year. So the following year, Coach Williams decided to start him because Chris Wilcott was a freshman that year, you know. And, uh, you know, Taj holding, you know, back and forth, inconsistent. So we needed left. We went our first couple games. We lost to Arizona, I think, that year in that preseason tournament or whatever. And then he wanted to try something different. I mean, you know, Chris, man, Chris practice-wise, man, it was amazing, man. Our scrimmages, he was averaging like 28 and 20. Right, right. <laughs> and the scrimmages, I mean, you know, the, the, it was all the tools and talent was there. Athleticism was there. So it was a situation where he wanted to do a little change, something different. He stuck Chris in the starting lineup, and it was all history. And Coach Williams make a, a joke about it every time, I, you know, try to hurry you back as much as possible. You play a half a season starting it, you're a lot of repeat. And you're a top 10 pick. <laughs> yeah. when, you, when you guys see that as players in practice and you see Chris, and like you said, and he's going for 28 and 20 <laughs> in practice every day and just dominating, <laughs> And then game comes around and he's getting 10 minutes. Do you ever say to yourself, like, uh, what's going on here? No, not at all because we're a talented team. It's, it's different when you're losing, you know, and coaches sometimes be stubborn and see artistship and, you know, you know, guys been there for a while. You know, a lot of coaches get stuck in that. And then, you know, eventually alumni, other people put pressure on him. Did he want to make the change? But we was a talented team. I mean, first of all, I mean, you know, to, to start the season 15 and two, I mean, <laughs> you know, right. it, it, you can't question that. You know, Taj Holden was a was a very good player. What he brought to the team, he knocked down shooting. He's six ten. You know, very smart player. You know, so you know it it wasn't a bad idea to start Taj at the beginning. So. Do you, how much longer do you do you expect Todd, do, you, do you expect Diamond Stone to keep coming off to the bench? Or? No, no, no. When they get close to that tournament, man, you got to go with your best players. Period. 
you got to get the rotation down to seven, max eight players, and you got to go with it. You know, you know, right now, early in the conference play, you're trying to see what you got. Maybe you got a guy that don't play much. You might throw him in there. You're surprised. Oh, wow. You know, I might use him down the road. But when it comes mid-January, 1st of February, March, man, is close around the corner, man, you got to go with seven, max eight players and go with it. You know, Diamond Stone should be starting, in my, my opinion, but, you know, it is what it is. I respect Coach Turgeon. Uh, he's doing a fantastic job. Uh, you know, he 13 and 1. So either way, it, it really doesn't matter. But at the end of the day, like, like myself as a coach, Coach Turgeon, whoever, he's probably going to be in there when it's time the game to be finished. So he finished the games. So that's the most important thing. He finished the games. I mean, I, the thing is, I guess it's a good problem to have, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a good yeah. problem to have that yeah. you can have a guy that talented and, 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 you know, just get to manage his minutes and, and when you want to use him. And it's, it seems like it, to me, it feels like he's the first big man we had in God knows how long, maybe besides Alex Lynn that actually can make his free throws at that. Yeah, too. exactly. You know, it's hard, man. <laughs> you think about it all the time, man. You look at all these games, like goodness gracious, man. If you can ever find a big guy that can knock down free throws, it's a huge plus. Because those guys, man, that, that goes down there, man, game's tight, you throw it down to, mm-hmm. you don't want to cross your fingers, you don't want to go out there, you know, you got to run a, a guard play or a shooting play or perimeter play because you're afraid to throw it down there from the get fouled right. and they can't make the free throw. That's exactly what happened in the Oklahoma game. Tie ball game, 2.6 seconds left. They throw it down and, you know, he called a timeout and the big fella like, I got it, coach. He goes down and missed the one and one. Yep. No, <laughs> no, absolutely. It changes everything. Like yeah. you said, when you have a big guy and you're actually scared of him being fouled. Yeah. And he's, um, to this point, made his free throws. And the thing, as long as we've done this show, Mouton, as yeah. long as we've done this show, there's one thing that's almost been a common theme, especially since, uh, since Vasquez Grievous left is turnovers and assists. And for the first yeah. time, I feel like since we've ever done this show, we finally have – we don't have a turnover assist problem. Yeah. You know, for, for years we were running with point guards who would – you know, whether it was P. Sean Howard or, or yeah. you know, insert name here, where we, we couldn't get a point guard who had more assist and turnovers to, sa- to save our life. And and that doesn't seem to be a problem right now. No, it's not because when you got two guys like uh, Suleiman and, and, and Melo, man, these guys can handle the ball – and the, the key to all this, man, these guys is always under control. They're not forced. I mean, ever so often, it's basketball. You're going to throw a ball away. You're going to, you know, make a bad pass. But for the, for 95% of the time, these guys is always under control. And you got two guys. Normally on a team like this, you might have one leadership, one guy that dominates the ball. But, you know, you got two guys, you two guards that always under control and they're not going to have a situation where they're going to get sporadic and be out of control and, maybe lose the game because they're not ready to play. But these guys are always going to be ready to play. With the addition of Diamond Stone, with the addition of Carter, do you, does, do you feel like Jake Lehman is kind of being lost in the shuffle there? Well, I don't know if he's lost in the shuffle. Uh, I just think that he's not going to be dependent on as much as he was last year and the years before. So, you know, and he had a mismatch because last year he was playing more four because he's more athletic than most fours and he can shoot a little bit. But now, based on, you know, you got Carter, you got Stone, you got these new guys, you got uh, Suleiman, so he has to play the three. So now there's fast, more athletic threes out there, so he's not going to be able to do what he normally does on the perimeter when, when he was playing the four last year. So, I mean, he's still a great player. But he's not going to be depending on, and you're going to see spurts where he disappear and stuff like that because 
man, the level they playing on, it's a lot of athletic, very good threes out there. There, there absolutely is. As I just <laughs> looked, and shot-wise, he's actually one, two, three, four, fifth on the team in um in shot attempts. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And this is a guy who had to announce that he was coming back to college, uh, <laughs> yeah. which was uh, interesting. Yeah. Um, so you know now he's fifth on the team and on his own team in shot attempts. So it just seems like he's kind of taking a step back this year but i agree with you i think that has i, I will say that it has more to do with the level of talent yeah, on this a lot team of talent on this team than than to necessarily say anything uh it's wrong with him you know yeah. it's just it's just a talent i think it speaks to the talent of this team now when you have a team like this which is similar to the team i don't excuse me i definitely want to say it's similar to the team you guys had because you guys accomplished way way more than this but <laughs> in terms of when you have a team that has this much talent that's one of the coaching job becomes about managing expectations, managing everybody's shots, yeah. and identif- how important is identifying roles? Well, I don't know. I really don't know. I, you know, I sit here and think about our team and roles. I don't really think that Coach Williams identified roles. I think our mindset was so much in just winning and competing at a high level, I think the roles identified themselves. You know, because we respect everybody's ability and we know what capable everybody was capable of doing and it kind of defined itself because like you know you look at a team like this and you know way back my high school coach couldn't coach a lick but he was very he was very smart guy he was a football guy never played basketball and he and he always disciplined and always believed in in, in you know uh running and, and and cardio and all that other stuff make sure we was fully in shape to play the game of basketball but one thing that he always said was you know what mouton let me tell you something the best players always find the the way to get the ball in your hand. The ball always fall next to the person that's supposed to have the ball. <laughs> so you can force feed Johnny or Joe that you want to be great, but if they're not great, the ball is not going to end up in their hand. So, and, and it's a great point. Like Juan Dixon, man, he's clutch. Steve Blake, it's, it's, it's incredible floor leader. Uh, Lonnie Baxter, always cleaning the glass. Uh, uh, Chris, Chris Wilcox. Was amazing athletic ability, man, to find tip dunks, uh, loose balls, block shots. You know, me just trying to find my way to get the, get loose balls, offensive rebounds, uh, occasionally knock down open shots. But, you know, you got guys like Ron Randall, uh, Drew Nichols, was incredible coming off the bench, knocking down shots. So it was a great team effort. I don't know if it was a f- defining our role. We just, Rose was just fitted into us, I guess, and we just was ready to play every night. And and only one goal was just to beat everybody and win a national championship. Period. I mean, again, the the, the combination. You said it perfect, and that's what it, <laughs> that's what it was, and that's what it looked like. It was also a a different era, I would yeah, want to say, yeah, and yeah. different. But you know, when I say roles, it's more about agendas, and yeah, you, you got no, guys no, on no. this team where whether we like it or not, this is not their last stop. And then yeah. we got guys who have aspirations for them, are hoping that this isn't their last stop and they would like to be playing at the next level. So, again, I think it's going to be on coach. And I, I think it's a, yeah. a, a a much tougher job than people think it is to manage all of those expectations and manage all those players. Whereas, though, you got a guy like Jake, for example, who was fielding offers from the NBA as of last year. Yep. And now you have to tell him, buddy you're fifth on the team in shots and yeah. <laughs> keeping him interested and keeping him 
happy you, yeah. for for lack of a better word and guys like Carter and Suleiman Suleiman's in his last year this yeah. is this this is his only yeah. shot yeah. so i guess he would be fall under the category of his best situation it's he is tied to our team's success yeah. you know it'd be in his best interest for the team to be very successful Melo has already gotten the recognition and and this is Melo's team you got a guy like Diamond Stone who i'd imagine is hoping to you know make the biggest splash he can and get out of here and go get his money. So, you know, just to just to put that all in one room and manage it and get a winning product, uh, I think that uh, that uh, Turgeon has his hands full. And um, I think we're going to find out what type of coach we have in terms of managing that. Because I think a lot about basketball, and you can back me up on this, is about X's and O's. But a lot of it is also about managing your players. No, you're absolutely right. That's I, I want to pick it back on that because, like I say, and another thing too, you got to remind yourself it's college basketball because you don't know who's in these kids' ear outside the gym. You know, in the in the dorm room, who's calling them? You know, who's trying to influence them to do something? You got to take more shots. Uh, you know, you got to you, you got to show people you can shoot. You can got to show people you can handle it. You know, it, it's a lot, man. I know when I played, it was the same thing, but we were so focused. You know, people always in your ear, especially around winning teams. You know, people always in your ear, man. And I just hope and pray that these guys stay focused because there's a lot of people want to be pulling at these guys all different type of way and, and you know, try to hype them up or uh, advise, advise them to do something differently than what they're supposed to be doing. So it, it's a lot, man. People, as a fan, you look at it just them playing basketball, man, but it's just being a, just being a kid, being a college, you know, be a college basketball player it's a lot to do um with the game the school and the outside people man so i just hope and pray they stay focused man if they stay focused and coach turgeon you know manage them i think they got a great opportunity okay a lot to um so far the season is, is still early a lot yeah. to see and a lot left to go um we will be here every week make sure you download the podcast listening weekly and uh check back with us um Got a game tomorrow against um, – who do we play tomorrow? Uh, Rutgers, I think. Maybe. Rutgers? Is it, no, it's not Rutgers. I think Rutgers is the game after that. A1, who do we play tomorrow? It is Rutgers. Oh, it is Rutgers? Six. Okay. We play yeah. Rutgers tomorrow. Um, should be an intro. Uh, sh- hopefully, we wouldn't have a problem with that. As I look at the schedule, the only thing that jumps out in the near future is Michigan State. Yeah. No, no. I- I'm going to put this on – the, a tough game might be against Michigan. Michigan. They, they've been playing well. They've been playing well. Um, you know, at Michigan, you know, they, they 12 and three. They've been playing real well. Is Wisconsin anywhere as good as they were? Ah, uh, no, no, not at all. No, nah, the coaching already even quit on them. Yeah, he said <laughs> he quit on them. He literally, what you call it, he quit on them. Um, <laughs> I do wish we had more challenges. You know, because yeah, if yeah. you look at it and you say you play limited amount of ranked teams, that if you, a loss to Michigan State all of a sudden turns into who have you beat? You know, because yeah. when you've only played a Michigan State, if you lose to them, you played UNC and lost to them, then it becomes you guys haven't beat anybody. Yeah, yeah, and you know, you know, and that and, and that's another thing. Maybe Coach Turgeon didn't really know what he had. Uh, it was experimenting a lot of transfer, a lot of new bodies. Uh, maybe the chemistry factor, but you know, his preseason, not preseason, but Non-Big Ten schedule? Yeah, non-Big Ten wasn't tough at all. And I feel like it's been the case the whole time he's been here. <laughs> I mean, outside of, you know, uh, ACC Big Ten Challenge, which is mandated. Yeah. Um, 
a lot of times, I mean, how many times have we done this show, Mouton, we're working on a, you know, 10, 10 game winning streak, you know, yeah, nine yeah, game yeah. winning streak, 12 game winning streak yeah. of absolute, and only to just walk through the ACC, to come up on the ACC and, and, and damn near not win anything. Yeah. You know, so I, I feel like that has been one red flag, I would say, um, for lack of a yeah. better term, over the, over the years is who do we play outside? Now, before, it used to be that we had to play the ACC, so you kind of understood that because you were going to get four or five ranked teams within the ACC. The Big Ten hasn't been that way since we since we've gotten there. So I would have liked I would like to see us play a couple of more ranked teams earlier in the season. Yeah, me too. I mean, too, this is a test, man. If you try to be big time, you want to be elite teams. Elite team plays elite teams. <laughs> I mean, you know, like I say, the two years I played, we was in the NIT, played the NIT, we played the uh, the class season. Please see some class where we play Arizona and somebody else. Was it BB&T? No, we no, didn't. No, no, no. It's at Madison, uh, uh, the, the New York. In New York, okay. Yeah, we lost. We lost to, uh, I think we played Temple and we played uh, Arizona. Okay. Arizona was pretty good that year. Temple was good, too. Yeah, they was. They were ranked high. They were ranked high. That was when uh, yeah. Pepe was there, right? And then we went to Maui. My first year, we went to Maui. So, mm-hmm. we had some, ta- some 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 tough, man, some tough games. But, yes, yeah, I'm looking at this schedule, man. I'm, 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 if, if I think... We can go through this. Wisconsin, which is going to be tough at Wisconsin. Michigan, which is going to be tough at Michigan. And then Ohio State, they, they were struggling. They were struggling badly at first, but they got some very key wins, uh, the last week or so. Get some very top 10 teams. I forgot who they beat. Did they beat North Carolina? Who's that? Ohio State? Yeah. I'd have to look that up. Yeah. New Carolina, man. They beat somebody real good. Okay. Oh, they'd be Kentucky. Kentucky. Yes. Yeah, they'd be Kentucky. So you never know, man. Uh, you know, great coach at Ohio State. One of my former coaches, Dave Dickinson. I got to get a shout out to Dave Dickinson, incredible recruiter. He's the one who convinced me to go to Maryland. One of the best things I ever did in my life. Trust him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so changed my life. So got to get a shout out to Dave Dickinson. Can't wait to him come to town and holler at him. Uh, say what's up to him. So. Um, but we still going to get y'all, uh, Coach Dave. <laughs> <laughs> right. Got you. Uh, I mean, th- you just look at the schedule. This week we got Rutgers and Wisconsin, and then next Tuesday, um, Michigan. So three games yeah, before tough. we uh, before we record again um, next week. But make sure you guys all check back in next week for the um, for next week's podcast. We'll have a couple more games to talk about. Let me uh, fill in the sentence for me real quick, Mouton. Yes, sir. If Maryland doesn't make it to the blank, the season will be a disappointment. If Maryland don't make it to the Final Four, I always say this. Final Four? High. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's very high. You got to set limit high, man. You got to set goals. Now, getting to the Final Four is one thing. And like I say, it takes incredible luck. And, 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 you know, the feel, you got to have the right feel. You got to meet the right teams, matchups and all that to win a national championship. No one can predict the national championship. But as a team, you're always as talented in the top five team. You always set a goal to make it to the, the Final Four because after that, you never know what happens. Right. You never know what happens. But as a team like Maryland, me as a as as a supporter, former player, it got to be the Final Four. I mean, if I go in that locker room, and there's one player do not say Final Four, I would be very disappointed. They gotta set their goals extremely high. We are Final Four team. Period. Do you think, right as of today, we weren't? The number three ranking? Um, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, you know, like I say, it's a schedule. We played our schedule. We had no bad losses. North Carolina, uh, we was ranked higher than them at the time, but there was a preseason was number one. Chap- it was in Chapel. Exactly. And, it was, and we actually we, we played pretty good. Yeah, they, I mean. 
have we had twenty turnovers, yeah. but we still had a chance to win. And it was a it was an emotional night, man. Their best player came, came back, back for first game. He played he amazing. Played amazing, you know. So it was a winnable game, but at the same time, you know, the schedule is the schedule. We thirteen and one. We had number three team. As we as are we worth it? Who who knows? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I guess that's a better answer. <laughs> yeah. I guess that is. The we better. had number three. Let's go. <laughs> I, I, I agree. I, I, I guess you're absolutely right. A1, did you have anything you wanted to ask before we got out of here? Something I'm sometimes curious about is what does it take to um, kind of take a year like this and build consistent consistency on it? So it's not like a one-year thing, but, you know, kind of like to be up there with the Kentuckys and Dukes and, you know, five, six, seven years in a row, you're in the top 15 or 20. Well, that's an incredible question, man, because if you think about it, after we won a national championship, I thought Maryland was going to be there because simple fact, everybody want to play for a team that contends. Everybody want to play for a team that contends for a national championship. So thought we paved the way, uh, brand new facilities, uh, uh, national championship. Talent all over the place. Yes. In the county. Yeah. Talent all over the place and and all over. So to answer your question, it's, it's start with the coaching staff, you know, as a coaching staff, you and they're doing a great job, man. Sometimes they get them, sometimes they know. Uh, you got to go for the best players, period. Locally, nationally, and that's just the bottom line. You got to build a culture that we are going after the best players. And I think sometimes, like Coach Williams, his his quote unquote people around him say he never go after the McDonald's All Americans. He want guys that you know blue blue collar type players and. You know, guys that he can build and get them better or whatever, but it's a whole ni- di- different generation, man. You know, you got to go after the ones and duns. You have to because, like I said, you know, Maryland basketball for them to be where they want every year, they got to go after those top players. Yeah, even him, he changes, and that's why they still they, they going after the ones. He, I don't think he ever did that before, but the last five years he has, and uh, you know, Coach Turgeon doing a great job. He's going after him, even though you know. He might not get them, but he's still going after them. And the key is to get the best player from the state of Maryland. This is what it takes. If I think to answer my to interject there with you, everyone, <laughs> I think a big part of this will be Diamond Stone. I think yeah, Diamond yeah. Stone, if he comes in here, because for years the prop, the knack had been, you go to Maryland, the top, the best recruits that we have had, some of them never even made it of college basketball. Yeah, yeah. So the knack had kind of become like go to Maryland and that's where your career dies almost sort yeah. of thing, you know, because all the top recruits that we did get, the few McDonald's Americans we did get were the only ones that never made it to the to the NBA. Yeah. So I think it'd be important for if Diamond Stone comes, it shows that you can come here, be a successful one and done, leave, have a good career here, get drafted high, then it then it'll be these the because generally the number one player in PG in Maryland is a top is a five star recruit. Yeah. You know, year in and year out. So if he says, wow, Diamond Stone went there, wow, you know, made a Final Four, got drafted top five, ten players, it can be done. You, yeah. you know what I mean? And you can kind of take that that stain that's kind of on our Maryland resume in terms of us not producing, you know, those top lottery picks and one-and-done talent. So that's that's what I think because I do think that you're, you are 100% right, Mouton, and that you do need to get the, the day of building and trying to recreate what you guys had I don't think that will ever happen again. So it is about, like you said, Duke, you sprinkle in. You know, you don't have to go the Kentucky route when there's five all McDonald's Americans every year. You don't have to go that route, but you best have some of them. Yeah. No, you asked a really great point, man. I, I talk about it because, you know, I'm a Louisiana guy, and, uh, you know, I talk about LSU 
you know, and stuff like that. And, uh, Johnny Jones, the head coach actually recruited me out of high school. He's a great guy. And, uh, you know, sitting here thinking about it. And I was just thinking about that. The same thing you're talking about, man, these guys with these universities that normally don't get the best players. And if you do, and he's not that player that one and done, you're not getting any more. <laughs> and we were just talking about the whole LSU situation. You know, they struggling big time, man. And nobody would have thought they struggled. Man. Not, they're not a final four night championship team, but. They're not was, even ranked in this exactly. guy's supposed to be we would, Exactly. They, they should be like a top 20, top 15 type team, but. Ben Simmons is a consensus number one player, but it's going to be hard for them to get another one if they don't continue if they don't continue to, to get better and you know pan out to be a at least a Sweet Sixteen type team. And don't let for some reason his stock slip, and it, you know he goes to like two or three or four, <laughs> and then he'll be like, you yeah. know, "This dude came in here as the number one player. He could have not played college basketball for yeah. the entire season, sat at home, and have been the number one player. And he went to your program." And now he's drafted third or fourth overall. Yes. You know that 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 puts that puts a hurting on you. Like they say, it's a slippery slope. You know, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it is. Whereas yeah. though, you got when you have factories like Kentucky, where you know they're bringing guys. The seventh man on the team is being drafted yeah, in, exactly. in the lottery. You know what I mean? So it is it is important. So I Very do think important. it is important that you. Know, it is in our best interest to make sure that Stone is showcased and and he gets to you know as high as he possibly can on that draft board so that the kids sitting around here can say, Hey, yeah, you know, you go to Maryland, they turn out uh top 10 picks, you know, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. that's what I think. And, and all, and likewise for, um, for Mello as well. I mean, he's a guard and, it, you know, so I don't mm. know if he has that possibility to be drafted as high cause he's a smaller guard, but yeah. being from this area, the kids in this area pay attention to what other kids in this area do when they go to Maryland. Yeah. Especially like Mello, man. I, I I'm not sure about the whole NBA thing, but he's definitely going to be an incredible college player. And a lot of kids are love Melo. They respect Melo. They love watching him play. Local kid helped change the program. And at the end of the day, man, sadly, they're going to value the situation. Is he going to be a pro? Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Lots, a lot of, lot of, uh, interesting lines, I think, <laughs> yeah. to watch this season. I yeah, think the mellow, with a good team. The, the mellow thing to watch will be fun. The Diamond Stone thing will be fun to watch. Um, you know, how Jake, uh, adjusts to this new role will be interesting. All while watching Turgeon manage all of this. Yeah. And, um, I, again, the only thing that concerns me is the schedule. Um, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I am scared that the one game is Michigan State and it's at Michigan State and, like I said now, just mark my words on it now. If we lose to them, all you will hear is who have we beaten because, you know, that's that's what it will come down to, that we played two ranked teams and we lost to both of them. Now, mind you, it would be we lost at Michigan State and at uh, yeah, North Carolina. Yeah. But, um, again, it, it just comes down to who ha- who have you beaten. Yeah. Um, I, I, I look forward to a great year, and, it's, and, it's, and it's, it feels so good to be relevant again. Yes, yes, it, it feels does. so good to be relevant again. Oh, my goodness. And um, after years of, of not being relevant. So, um, the final four, if, if moved on, if that were to happen, I'd be one happy camper. Um, that's all I can say. I'd be one, <laughs> one happy camper. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 as I sit here before we get out of here, I'll just say, I'm looking, as I look at this schedule, the oh, one thing man. I do miss about being in the ACC is I used to go to a lot of road games and yeah. it was very doable. You know, yeah, Virginia was two hours, an hour, two hours down the road. North Carolina was a nice four hour ride and that's where the majority of the games were, whether it be Duke, uh, Carolina, you know, what other cases NC State. NC State. And now you just look at these and, I mean, you said to yourself, I'm not going to Wisconsin. I'm not going to Michigan. I'm certainly not going to Ohio, you know, and 
you just look at that. And I think that's one of the things that will be missed a lot about the ACC is that for a lot of us fans, these just not going to Lincoln, Nebraska. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, like, it's just hard, man. They're that's... far. They're, they're not on the way. They're not familiar territory. It, you know, and that's what will be missed for me about yeah. going to the Big Ten tournament. I used to go to the ACC tournament all the time. It was, it's, you know, it's a four-hour ride down the road you know, and a familiar sight at that. I went to the, all four years that we were in college, I we went to the ACC tournament. Several years after that, me and you went to – no, it wasn't me and you went to the ACC. No, we went to Boston yeah, yeah. together for the uh, to watch the girls. But yeah. I went to the girls' ACC tournaments as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just many – you just look at these West Lafayette, Indiana, Bloomington, Indiana, Minneapolis, Minnesota, you know, Columbus, Ohio, East Lansing, Michigan. Don't even know how far these places are, but yeah, yeah. you know I, I have no desire to drive to them, and they all sound cold as that. <laughs> all sound, they all sound <laughs> very cold. They sound like ridiculous cold and a lot of snow. And I, I don't know where I want to be on Sunday, January thirty first, but I know it's not Columbus, Ohio. That, that's just what I know. Yeah. But it, it, that's just—I've been saying it. That that's just my um, ACC bias, and I, and I love the ACC. I'm still mad we're not in the ACC. Yeah, me too. But, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, it's a business thing. It's all about the money. Um, around struggling with the money. So I'm kind of glad because it actually turned the program around too, as basketball-wise. Because Speak on it because it's easier. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, and at the same time, you know, I don't know, man. ACC is tough, man. It's a lot of ranked teams in the ACC. And uh, last year, uh, I don't know how – Good, Maryland would have done in ACC, but being in Big Ten, it kind of rejuvenated the program. Uh, a lot of those teams in the Big Ten was down. Uh, Michigan State ended up being a great team at the end. Uh, but, uh, like I said, it's great for the university right now. Like I said, um, I understand the move. Um, I'm, do I like the move? No, but I understand it. And it's great for the university, the opportunity to, to have that money. Um, and, you know, be ranked and be relevant again. I love it. I hate. All right, thank you, everybody. Um, I'm looking forward to a great season, new time with the show, yes. with the um, with the program, with everything. We'll make sure, as usual, have some guests for you throughout the year. Catch up with. Uh, we catch up with Coach one time. Yes, we're going to catch up with Coach. That's a guarantee. We'll catch up with Coach. Maybe a couple players, a couple players, yes. a couple former players, a couple current players. Yes. Yeah, we'll have we're gonna have fun on the podcast. Yes. Yeah, get the, oh, um, the emails. Get the emails in there again. Um, Moomail, M O U M A I L, Moomail at playersvoice.com. We love to hear from you. Questions. If you have any questions, we'll read them on the air. Anything you want to ask Mouton. I'm sure you don't have anything you want to ask me other than probably to shut up and let Mouton talk. <laughs> but um, any questions you have for Mouton, any questions you have for myself, the show, just in general, um, anything you'd like, any person you'd like to hear from or any question you'd like us to ask anybody, please send that on in. Um, and look forward to having a great season. Uh, thanks again being part of the show. I want to thank everybody out there listening. Like I say, looking for a great season again. Um, and uh, looking forward to the next show. All right. See you guys next week.